Ladies and gentlemen, attention everyone. Welcome to No Picks After Dark. It's your boy Nick Burke, and you are now tuned in to the hottest podcast in the world with Aaron Dante, giving you the hottest interviews with the dopest people, sharing their experiences from your neighborhood all around to the world. Voted Best Baltimore Podcast by you, the listeners. Now, your host, Aaron Dante. Yo, Aaron, talk to him. Welcome, folks, to the No Picks After Dark podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante, and I'm so happy you're here today with me. Um, we're doing this really, really cool recording on Presence Day, and I've been trying to get a hold of this one person for the longest time. I'm going to tell you guys, she's one of the hardest working people in the podcast industry, the game, and the whole. She is doing big things in New York. She's doing big things with women podcasters, giving them, giving them the flowers, well, so I'm going to give you a little quick breakdown of her. A little break. This is off her page. She's a writer, editor, educator, podcast producer, host of the Pod Broads, and podcast social media growth PR strategist. She grew up in Maryland. So you know I had to bring it. I had to get a Maryland person there. She's in New York City right now doing her thing in New York. And um, without further ado, Ms. Alexander Cole, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. It's great to talk to you almost in person. <laughs> Oh yeah, we were just talking about that. It's always like, oh, you're you're real in real life now. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing to have you on the show. I mean, it's an honor to have you on. To be perfectly honest, because, ladies and gentlemen, she does so many hats, <laughs> so many different things she's doing right now in the podcast industry. And I really, really wanted to highlight her for Women's History Month, and that was why I have her on for Women's History Month because she's doing great things in the industry. And I think we need to recognize women and what they're doing and get their voices out here and. Again, I'm happy for you to be on the show. So let's give a quick background about you, okay? Okay. I'll tell people, you mean, it's it's always funny talking to a podcaster because, you know, we like to talk. (laughs) So um, tell the audience about you. Let's talk about you. This is your show. Okay. Um, So background about me. Is there anything in particular or just a little bit about, like, where I grew up, et cetera? Where you grew up, because that's you know we're out of Baltimore Pod, so you know you I, I know where you're. I know you told me, but I'm gonna have to <laughs> let you tell the audience. Yeah, so I um, I was born in upstate New York, but I moved down to well, my family moved down to Maryland pretty soon after I was born, like three years after. So I essentially grew up fully in Maryland, and I grew up in Severna Park, so Anne Arundel County, and definitely not the same as growing up in Baltimore, but Baltimore was very formative to my experience as a youth. (laughs) Um, Definitely spent a lot of summers going to like Artscape or um, a lot of Inner Harbor area, um, Fells Point. And so it's a big part of, you know, what I got to experience. I was always really grateful for the fact that Baltimore was right there, like Baltimore and Annapolis were right there because there were things I liked about my town. Um, but as I got older, I think as a lot of people do when they get into their teenage years, they're like, oh, I want to get out of here. Like, it's so boring. It's so like, you know, just there wasn't the appreciation I have for when now I look back, I'm like, oh, that was a great space to grow up in in many respects, though there are things that I would want differently for my children now. But I always loved having Baltimore there because I felt like I just got to experience so much more than I would have if I wasn't in a suburb adjacent to a city like this. So that was something I loved. I also spent a lot of my summers in upstate New York where my grandparents lived. So that was also very formative to, you know, 
my yeah. experience. Yeah. What upstate? What part upstate? Uh, in the Catskills. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Nice. I like the Catskills. Um, I used to date um, a girl in college, and she t- she lived in the Catskills. And oh yeah. She was like showing me the mountains that were like Rumpelstiltskin, like. It looks like he's sleeping. Someone's like, oh. a cool, like folktale up there that they tell you. <laughs> you're like, oh, and you see like this head, and you're like, you know what? It does make sense. So, oh, like, that's cool. I haven't, I don't know if I've seen that part, but there, I mean, there's a lot of great mountain ranges up there. So, so what was one of your favorite childhood memories growing up in Maryland? Like, just, I mean, I mean, did you eat crabs when you were growing up? I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I, I did, you know, we would have, I only have like a couple memories of having crabs as a meal. And it was like a very special occurrence if that happened. Like I have a memory of in my kitchen, my dad like brought home and we made crabs and, you know, I used to love like cracking them open. That was like my favorite part about eating them. Like they tasted great, but I just found it so fun as a child to be able to do that. Um, so we definitely did that. I, you know, I, the town that I grew up in, I didn't personally live right on the water, but I had a couple friends who lived on like the Severn River. And so that was really fun to be able there and also to have like the Chesapeake Bay within reach. Um, So I loved that. Honestly, one of my favorite memories of growing up there is, I don't know if it's super Maryland centric, but it was kind of a big thing in high school. We had this place called the Manhattan Beach Club, which it sounds like, you know, it's not actually like a club, but it was just like this really like small venue um, just that would be rented out. And on Friday nights, they would do live music there. And so that was super like integral to my experience as a high schooler. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm a singer too. And so anything with music was pretty huge. And that would be where a lot of my friends or like the friend groups and just like cool like, quote unquote experiences that we would have. And yeah, so that's that's one of my main like kind of older memories. Um, and, you know, there's a bunch, you know, I don't know why, but like eating honeysuckles in my backyard while fireworks are going off on the 4th of July is another one that comes to mind when I was like a lot younger. <laughs> now, now, um, so where'd you end up going to college? Like, what was your education? Like, how'd you like, cause you're a writer. You, mm-hmm. Where did it all come from? Because I mean, I'm a storyteller. Yeah. And I'm not a writer. Mm. I tell people that a lot. And they're like, you're not a writer. I'm like, no, I'm a storyteller. Mm-hmm. I a great story. Yeah. I'm not as good as a writer as anybody else, as somebody else would be. Where did you get that passion at a young age? Or did you learn at a young age? Or did you, like, you know, you say you were a singer. So did you write your own songs back in the day? Or <laughs> connect the dots here? <laughs> Okay, uh, I'll hit on a few different points. So I laughed at that question because I definitely tried to write my own songs. <laughs> and let's just say my my singing ability was a lot stronger than my songwriting ability, but my sister and I did have a cassette tape of like recorded songs that we wrote and sang together. Um, so that got lost, unfortunately, but we have, we have some songs that still stick with me today. Um, but in terms of my like other writing, so I mentioned upstate New York not too long ago, and that was that was a really big start to just like all of my creativity. So my grandmother's an artist, and we would go up, when we would go up and visit her during the summer. It'd be like me and my sister, one of my sisters, um, and 
my cousin and us three especially would just like constantly be working on different artistic projects and so one like one memory I have of writing a story was it was like this creepy horror story and I like drew this like this like creepy like girl this was like you know around the time when like the ring was out and like all those scary and I hated scary stories but I think being able to write them made me feel like I had more control over it and I wouldn't be as freaked out like I could like have fun with it instead of have scary images pop out and uh give me nightmares but I you know, we would like paint stuff. We would create puppet shows. We would reenact rent and make a uh, movies and stuff like that. So we were always doing some form of creation or storytelling or writing and, um, and, and all that. So I think that space and just having kind of that artistic line throughout like my grandmother and, you know, her, her parents were writer, like, they were writers and had like a few things like published here and there, but not as their like main career. But I kind of started to realize the older and older I got that that was something I really wanted to pursue in some form or fashion. And I went to University of Delaware for college. And I actually initially went there for their fashion program because there was a moment in high school where I was like super obsessed with fashion and the design aspect of it. But there was kind of a part of me and I think of my parents' uh, suggestion that I should go to a school that offers more than fashion, just in case, you know? And it's funny because I was probably in fashion for like a semester and then I was like, oh, I'm not obsessed with this enough that I want to spend my like life studying all about it. Um, so I, I like transfer, I like transferred my, uh, my major to anthropology for like a hot second and then that didn't work out either um like english lit has a lot of reading but my god anthropology has like i could i was like wow these reading assignments are insane um and it's very fascinating but it's just my retention for that just did not work out so i ended up doing english lit like that was like my final okay i'm doing this and what's funny is in 10th grade, I remember very specifically being like, oh, I want to do English in college. But then those last two years of high school, I kind of like derailed from that. But I ended up coming kind of back home to that initial like intuitive moment I think I had as like a 15 year old where I knew that that was just it. Because I've always, when I do retain things from history or like things about life, it's often through stories and it's through the books that I read and like learn like I always remember like learning about like the civil war in history class I could I barely retained anything but I was reading Gone with the Wind at the same time and I remembered everything from Gone with the Wind like so when it was in that format I could just it just worked in my brain better so there's a lot of different pieces that came to impact that but I was always Writing is just always something that like I could spend time getting better at. Like, I think there's things that we're interested in. Like I love singing, but for me, like singing wasn't the thing that I put hours and hours and hours into to get better at. Like it was something that came naturally, but while writing kind of the same, but I really spend a lot of time with that craft. Like I spend hours perfecting and like editing and doing. And so that, to me shows me that that's like my like vocation you know nice 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 so 
you, you're a writer now, you're, you're, you're crushing it, you're doing your thing, you're out of college. What's like the first gig? Like, what's the first gig like? I mean, with, with writing, because I mean, I feel like you can take that anywhere, writing. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm like, I'm blown away because I'm like, I write chicken scratch and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> scratch. Um, what was like one of your first gigs out of school? Well, I, so when I was about to graduate, it was my final semester and I was starting to apply to a bunch of these places. And I had heard about this nonprofit from a, my roommate's friend, because they're located in a couple of different places in, um, in the United States. And so she had been working in one in DC and I noticed that they had one in New York. And so I applied to both. And it was this place where they taught creative writing and essay writing and, but creative is like really their like bag. Um, And so I applied to that. I was applying to a few different places and I was applying to an internship and I ended up hearing back from New York first. And I always, like ever since probably like age 12 knew I wanted to go to New York. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's in my blood. My family's from that area. And like, I grew up in Maryland, but I grew up in a New York household placed in Maryland. Like my parents are, my dad's from North Jersey. My mom uh, is from like just North of the city and they both were born in the city. So it's like, that's always been a part of my history and just the way I grew up. And so I knew I wanted to go there. And so when I heard back, I was like, oh, well, it's a sign. So that internship brought me to New York literally three days after I graduated college. I packed up my apartment in Delaware and moved it all back home to Maryland and then packed up the next day, everything I was gonna bring to New York and then drove up to New York. Um, I love that, I love you. Man, I mean, when I got out of college, I wanted to go to New York. Oops. When I when I got out of college, I wanted to go to New York. And my parents were like, you got New York money? <laughs> I was like, nah. And then they're like, and I had a job in Jersey. Mm. I was in North Brunswick, right, right next to Rutgers. Oh, okay. And I was like, well, I can, I can hop the Northeast Corridor and get there in an hour. So I, I, I'll compromise, you know? Yeah. I, I love that. I love that you had that goal. Like, I want to get to New York, you know? I want to I want to be there. Yeah, I want to be a part of it. I like that a lot. So, excuse me, I was probably my son. You probably hear my son in the background. That's, to, that's to my son's soundtrack. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> uh, so I always tell people that's part of the show. He's part of the show. So yeah. So let's get to let, let's let's jump around because I'm I'm loving this conversation. I could talk <laughs> all day about this, but let's talk about podcasting. What was yeah. what was your first podcast? What what was the first podcast that introduced you to the game of podcasting? Let's talk about that. Oh, well, this is like the most basic answer, but it's true. Serial, that first season, 2014, I remember, I remember I was living in the apartment I lived in, one of the apartments in West Harlem I lived in on 151st Street. I was like sitting in my kitchen and that was like, that was I was obsessed (laughs) and me and my mother were like listening and talking about it. So that was the first one that I really remember like getting hooked into that form. And then I also, in that first like six months of living in the city, I am someone who I have really bad anxiety about a lot of different things. And I was kind of going through this period of really intense anxiety, like having like panic attacks and I was just really struggling. So another podcast that I ended up listening to, I wish I cannot remember the name of it 
maybe one of your listeners will hear it and be like, oh, I know what she's talking about. But there was this podcast that I listened to. So I want to say three guys, it was two or three guys. And they, it was all about their anxiety. They were talking about their anxiety. And so I would um, listen to it while I was on the train and they would talk about all this, like the weird stuff that their anxiety would make them do. And I would just be like, oh yeah, I do something like that too. And so it was just like this, this great, um, not space, but like space. Like I just, I, it made me feel less alone. And so those were kind of the two that I can recall as initial ones that I got into and then snowballed from there. Okay. Okay. So, well, so then what, what, like, how did you end up like, like float into and like, where did you learn how to even start a podcast? Like, where did like, cause I, I that's one people understand the process of how you first listened to one, you started one, and now you work with several different amazing women. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think that, I think people come to it differently and there's a few different ways that you can like start to figure it out. But for me, it was, it was kind of like my own education into it, if you will. So I had those podcasts I was just kind of into that I listened to um, for, you know, enjoyment um, or to not feel so alone. Um, and then I still listened to a few over the years, but it wasn't until I was finishing up my grad school degree a couple of years ago that I, it kind of clicked for me. I was like, oh, this has so much of what I love the storytelling aspect, the kind of like writing, the connecting with people, the investigating parts of ourselves, like just all of those aspects that I really liked. And so that was what prompted this kind of deep dive into podcasting. And so a lot of my education, I would say, comes from the work I do with Podgerland, um, my online platform where I feature women hosted podcasts. And that before I even touched like my own equipment or my own uh, kind of creation of a podcast. I've, I mean, I've spent so many hours just listening to a bunch of different types of podcasts and really studying like what makes good sound, what keeps me engaged, what types of styles do I like? So what might I want to put out into the world? So that was, that was a lot of my education. Like, obviously there's the technical stuff, but for me uh, that, that piece of just almost like studying them as if you were in school reading a bunch of books and analyzing them that way. Like that's how I, I view the way that I entered into it. And then in terms of figuring out how to do the technical stuff, I, I didn't really use like a specific like course or like online thing. Like I had my friend, um, my friend now, I actually, I met her like about a year ago through the internet and she has started her own company called The Wave. Her name's Lauren Popish. And she started her own company that is also to kind of help women in podcasting more so in the piece of like developing their podcast. And so she helped me like find the right equipment and um, just kind of made some like great suggestions of how I could get better audio and things like that. And so she helped with that piece, but a lot of the creation aspect in terms of what I wanted it to look like just kind of came from studying and identifying the parts that I liked in other podcasts that I listened to. You said something very, very important. I'm going to rewind it back a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, 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 lo I love to hear what you, I, I love what you said. 
You said, I look, I listened, and I listened, and I studied, and I listened. I listened to different pods. I listened to what I like. Listen to what was this, what sounds will sound like. Now, you were a student of a podcasting game. Mm-hmm. I say that all the time. I probably, now I will, I'm not gonna lie, I probably listen to 10, 10 and 12 different podcasts. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might listen to a couple new ones here and there. Yeah. But we, when I listen to pods, I wanna listen, I wanna hear what people are doing. I wanna know what they're doing. I wanna know if I'm interested in the first five minutes or not. I wanna know mm-hmm. if this is a good story that I wanna hear. I want to know if the person's voice sounds good. Is this something relaxing? Is somebody be annoying voice? These are all things that you get turned. Like, because think about it. Only thing we have as a podcaster is our voice. Mm-hmm. Unless you're doing a video, and then you can do video. But video is a whole different. That's a whole different kid in caboodles by itself. Um, but I like that you say you studied and learned, and I think that's very important that people don't know, understand that. She just dropped some jewels and gems for y'all. Just so you <laughs> she just dropped something for y'all. Y'all probably didn't hear. She said. She listened. She became a student of it. And that's something that I always try to tell people. Be a student of it when you do it. So, all right, Padreland. Mm-hmm. You got to tell us a Padreland. I mean, <laughs> in there. Uh, I'm looking at my questions. Like, oh, she's she, talking around my questions. Okay. <laughs> so we going to tell the audience about Padreland. Let, tell us how to start. Oops, my question. Yeah, so Podgerland is now what I call my online platform. It initially started as a blog, but it has kind of become so much more than that. And it started while I was in grad school. And I initially, so I had been teaching for at least four years at that point in different ways. I was teaching at this nonprofit. I had taught freshman year composition at the university I was at. And so I was just kind of getting to this point where I realized like, oh, this isn't what I want to do long-term. Like a part of me will always be an educator and could be something I like go back to. But I was just at this place where I realized that it wasn't filling me up in the way that I wanted to be filled up creatively um, and in my career. And I always wanted to do something with my writing, with my, like the other creative aspects, a part of my life and what I wanted to put out into the world. But that was always a little scary for me and also was not, not really how I was brought up in terms of taking risks. And so I was just in this space where I was doing a deep dive into podcasts that were hosted by women and that were talking about, you know, business, entrepreneurship, freelance, like what that actually looks like, what kind of things I need to think about that will be the risk or that um, will be a part of building that. And so like one of the podcasts I was listening to at the time is called Starving Artist. Um, so just from that title alone, you can tell it was very on brand for what I needed to be hearing. And it was, uh, she's a visual artist um, on her East Lead. She's a visual artist in Australia or she's Australian. I don't know if she currently lives there now, but that was a podcast that I just like got really hooked on at the time and it was you know speaking to some part of my soul and then I started to kind of branch off into a bunch of these other ones but I was purposefully seeking out ones with women because they can just speak to that piece that is a part of it as a woman going through these creative and career spaces um and I I feel like I I'm like beating a dead horse but you know new people hear it but something I always say is like you know, men can have great advice. They just can't ever speak to that piece of it that changes the experience of you moving through the world as a woman. So I was like really intentionally 
seeking women's voices on these, this topic um, because I wanted to know what other challenges I'd be up against. And so that kind of started it. And then I got to this point where, you know, the career stuff, but I also view podcasting as an amazing way to listen to other people's experiences who are not like you or who have had a different life journey, who have a different, you know, background um, and identity as you. And so that was happening while I was also listening to these other ones that were helping me kind of grapple with the way that all of these things intersect. Um, and so one of my, you know, you can't create a great space or a, a great job or like, and if you're creating something that's supposed to involve other people or other employees, you can't do that if you're not dealing with the like systems in this country, you know? <laughs> and so it's, it's all of those things. And I just got to this point where I was like, oh my God, more people need to be listening to these episodes. And so I just wanted to create this, this platform that was just spending time and energy uplifting the women that I felt like I was learning so much from and learning in a place that overall is pretty accessible in terms of like money. Like most podcasts are free if you are able to find it through the internet in some form or fashion. And, you know, some are behind paywalls right now, but um, for the most part, it's pretty accessible. And, you know, now with more doing transcripts, it's also more accessible for people who are hearing impaired. So I just was like, this is a great space. And it's a space where you're listening, you're not able to interrupt the person, which happens a lot, especially when like marginalized voices are trying to share their experience on things. And so I, it was just all those things that was like driving me to do that. And so that's kind of how Padreland started. I was just like, I want to have this place where I'm able to recommend these particular episodes and kind of give some reason why I think that people should listen to them. And then from there, it just kind of grew a little bit. So then I have a section called Podradar where I feature independent women podcasters and do like a short interview with them so people can hear about what their podcast is about. And I created that section um, both so that I could, you know, have more relationships and collaborate with these women, but also because you know, as you know, independent podcasters don't get the same type of exposure as ones who are on major networks. And so I just wanted like the episode ones would be a mix of like, you know, smaller pods, but bigger ones that I really loved and just all those things. So I just wanted to have this one designated space for independent women podcasters. And that is just kind of grown from there. And now I have like certain podcast lists. And then now I have my podcast, The Pod Broads, which you know, people will be listening to this in March, but it just launched on February 8th and the 10th for the first two episodes. And it's just an extension of that work. It's me being able to bring on a woman in the podcast industry and talk to her about her, not just career journey, but her life journey, how it intersects and um, be able to showcase a lot of the different types of jobs or just like, you know, things you can be doing in this industry. Cause I don't just want it to be about hosts and producers. Like I definitely, for sure, they will be on there and they are on there, but there's so many other things that you can be doing like that are technically in the podcasting space, like people writing about podcasts, you know? Um, so I just want to showcase all of that and the different levels and different like things you that all of these women are doing and what impact they're bringing. 
Well, I will tell you, um, I can't remember how I, you caught my eye as far as out here, um, as far as podcasting, but I do remember the space that you had was when, um, I can't remember when it was happening, but it was, even when the George Floyd stuff was going on yeah. all the time, and I was really taken back, and I was really, I loved what you were doing. You were showing all these um, African-American people of color artists and podcasts. Mm-hmm. I love that because I find it is very hard to find black female or brown female people of color podcasters, a female. Mm-hmm. It's really hard out there to find them. Mm-hmm. And I like how you highlight that and say, this is who you should, this is a, it's a podcast you should look at. She's talking about this. She's talking about that. She's talking about that. And I like that because when I listen to podcasts, I want somebody to be to educate me mm-hmm. on something I, I don't know. And yeah. that's one of the things that you were highlighting. I love that. I love that you really brought it home and was highlighting each one. Like, was it every day or every other day you were highlighting somebody else? Mm-hmm. To me, that meant a lot to me because that's showing that somebody's understanding and respecting the space. I know you already said with women, you already, but I just saw I liked it when it was like black women because, yeah. again, they have a voice out there and you know, and I know podcast industry is, is, is dominated by male males. It's, it's white males. I'm white not, men. Oh yeah, for you, sure. That's what it is. I tell people that all the time. And in any interview I go, I'm like, it's white male that dominate. That's what it is. Yeah. I like how you talked about being an independent artist. It's hard out here. Hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people don't understand. It is so hard for somebody to li- get somebody to listen to it. And, educate them, understand, to be, to believe in, to buy in it. You know, we don't have thousands of dollars to advertise. No. It's just, a, so how has Podulum been able to get the word out and get into different ears? How have you been trying to like get, get more people out there listening to expose, get more listeners? I, I've seen you like, I, I see you on Twitter. You're like, you go to a lot of conferences and cool stuff like that. Um, do you, how do you get the word out? Because I've always wondered that. How do you, advertise when like and then how also how do you also get these podcasts how's that initial conversation with these women podcasters like hey i have this thing and mm-hmm. you know, how does that even happen take us, take us give us a little curtain <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i can definitely let you know what what has worked for me um and it's kind of been a progression of things on top of each other and i um I can be a very like, I'm, I'm someone who's like right in the middle of in- extroverted and introverted. And I think that that can really serve me in different spaces. Um, so kind of the inception of it was that piece where I was purely striving to bring value to others. Obviously in my mind and still in my mind, I'm like, oh, of course, the bigger my platform gets, the more people will be listening to these podcasts. So of course that's always a goal. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. Um, but I was through doing um, the Tuesday pod, which is the episode recommendations. So that's where I started. And even just from doing that, you know, I was putting some people on who were already had bigger pot, like bigger in terms of what I know, but also the general population still probably doesn't listen to them. Um, so 
putting on kind of bigger ones from there. And some of, some of these people would notice that I was writing about them and be like, this is dope. Thanks. Or they would, and then they'd share it on their page, which was really exciting for me. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I love you. And that's amazing. Thank you. Um, and then I'd also have some people who were smaller podcasters and I would end up writing about them. And that would be an exciting thing for them because they're not getting the type of exposure these bigger ones are getting. Um, and I loved getting to kind of put those into the same kind of space on my website because you just never know when that's going to be a good connection for them or be a way that they're having visibility alongside someone who maybe has a larger podcast. Um, but that was where it kind of started. And from there, I had been doing that for a few months. So I launched in July, 2019, and then I ended up going to work at festival, which is put on by WNYC studios. They didn't have it this year because of the pandemic, but for the last few years, I want to say it had been in production for like, they'd been doing it for at least like four years. Um, but I'm not positive. So don't, don't hold me to that. But, um, <laughs> I knew that they were, it's, it's a women's podcast festival. Um, they were holding it in LA that year, that fall. And I was in this space where like, I don't, I'm, you know, I wasn't making a lot of money, but I was like, this is something I view as like investing in my future and I'm just going to go for it. And so I put a chunk of money toward that trip and it has been worth it tenfold. Like I went and this is like really the only podcast festival I've been to, but I made so many connections with people and just really put myself out there and like introduced and was like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I don't have a podcast right now, but I want to meet a bunch of you so that I can maybe write about you or, you know, recommend you to my audience. And I have found for the most part, this obviously isn't like a hundred percent, but for the most part, a lot of people in the podcasting space are really supportive of each other. They want to meet you. They want to, you know, help, show off your show and you know have it be like a symbiotic relationship of like putting each other on and so it was just kind of natural and I just you know kept in touch and Instagram has been huge for me like Instagram has been my main point of being able to um, stay in touch with people and I think it is important to say that like depending on where your community is and depending on what social platform you like to use, that's the one that's going to serve you the best. So if you hate being on Instagram, it's probably not going to do much for you. Um, but if you do find value and joy in it, um, along with the other, like, just because I find value and joy in it doesn't mean it's always a very um, healthy relationship with this social media platform. But I have been able to connect with a lot of people in that way and be able to support them and show them to my audience, which has only like continued to grow because of the work I'm putting into it. And so I, I had a lot of connections come from that. So I found that that was you know, worth my money. And I also know that not, not everyone can afford that. But something I've learned from talking to more podcasters is there's sometimes ways around that. Like sometimes you can offer to volunteer and they'll let you attend for free or things like that. So I think that's just important to mention for anyone who's thinking about doing that. Um, you just dropped a huge, <laughs> another one. You, you're dropping, you dropped me heat today. I wasn't. <laughs> you said something again, that was very, very important. And I, I, I tell this to my crew all the time, invest in yourself. Yeah self-investment you were like yeah listen money my money look kind of funny but it happened. 
I'm gonna make it to LA. We're gonna make it out there. We're gonna find out what it's all about. I'm gonna put myself put myself out there. And that's what you have to do. That is, I like it. You're investing in yourself because you believe in yourself. You know you're gonna meet people out there. And I, I like that. I like it's a great, that's a great. That's again another jewel and gem she dropped. I told y'all, I told y'all she wasn't the best around. <laughs> I will tell you, I um to give you a, a quick, quick background, folks. So I, I remember I first asked her, I asked Alexandra, I was like, hey, you want to come on the show? What is it going to be about? I was like, damn. All right, well, um, I know you do things with, you know, but but he, at, that was the first time I was like, yeah, I need, I, I like her. I like mm. her. I like, what she, I like what she's doing. Because so many podcasters, I would say, are very hungry. Yeah. They want anything or everything. They don't really look they don't they don't look at the picture the bigger picture of things and you have a brand mm -hmm. and you have a brand that to protect you got to make sure it lines up with the values of what you're doing and yeah I, you asked that question because that made me say all right let me recalibrate and ask you what i really you know what I, about what, what we're talking about today about your success what you're doing how you're uplifting women that's what's all about and i wanted to give you a shout out and give you all the flowers as the young people say you know <laughs> Because that's what it's all about. You at what's it, what's, what's it going to be at? What are we talking about? And I'm like, I know you see my pie. I know you see me in, on IG, but it, I like that you asked that question because that's very important. Another one, folks, just don't jump on everybody's pie. Understand, yeah. understand what your value is and what you are doing out here, you know, and yeah. just line up with what you got going on. So, kudos to you on that. Kudos. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, what do you? I mean, right now on the business end of things. Mm -hmm. the, I mean, I always tell people there's a podcasting name and there's a business end. Yeah. <laughs> business end been hard for you to learn because for me, it's, it's, it's learning every day. The business mm -hmm. end of the podcast game. What about you? Like, Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think this, this definitely speaks to the part where I'm now doing PR and social media content strategy for uh, indie podcasters, specifically women. Um, obviously, there's no shock there. Um, but <laughs> I, it's it's something that I'm learning and getting better at as the days go by. And I am definitely someone who sits in a lot of reflection and will like rethink how I handled situations and be like, oh, I wish I did that this way instead, or, you know, just, just evaluating how I'm moving in the space. And I think, I think a really challenging piece for me has been, again, more of the, more of the like, like money business like side of it it's just like especially as like such a creative person I'm like it's not my favorite part like I'll do it and I'll you know I gotta figure it out I have to know how to do it if this is how I'm going to sustainably move in this space and know what's going on um but you know so I've gotten gotten better at like the contract stuff and I'm using HoneyBook now which I have heard about on a lot of podcast ads so they're working the ads um but I've tried to I've just tried to now that I've had such like 
a boom in comparison to, you know, six months ago um, of just having clients and taking them on. I see, I see investing um, money into these systems that are going to either kind of streamline or organize the way that I'm handling things as an investment for myself and my sanity and also my time, but also for my clients. Because if you're a mess on that end in terms of trying to keep track of everything, you're not going to serve your clients as well. So I think it's like really important to you know, invest in the things that are going to make what you're offering the best it can be. And also like, you know, help yourself out. Sometimes it's worth spending that money so that you have time and energy to focus on what you really need to be focusing on. Um, so hopefully that answers your question, but like, that's the piece, like I, I'm, the part that I'm great at that I feel really comfortable at is connecting and building community and helping other people do that. And like the strategy, like that's something that I really enjoyed to do and I feel like I can come in and see what needs to be done and so that's not really the challenging part for me it's more so just like the the administrative stuff that I have to like sit down and be like all right you got to do this you got to make it work so that there's like a good calendar like set and you just you got to do it <laughs> what makes me nervous it's funny you brought up the bit about you know the money situation yeah you're trying to find yourself now in a space where you're being asked to speak to a lot of people asking how to start a podcast, asking, basically you're doing consulting pretty much. Yeah. And it's weird because now I'm in that weird space. And I don't know if you're in that space where you're like, all right, like I'm charging now because I, mm. used, I used to be, Hey, sure. Whatever, you know, now it's like, all right, I, I might have to charge because I'm giving some invaluable information right now that if I would have known back then, it would have propelled me quicker. Are you finding yourself like stuck in that, um, giving that free information now, or you're like, this is consulting now. Like we're getting into yeah. It's a weird space because people helped us out in the beginning. Right. Weird space we're in. What about you? How do you? How are you counting your count? Like how are you? We're figuring working through that right now. That's a good question, and I think it's an important one for a lot of us. Um, yeah, that is something I'm figuring out now. Like I. I think one of the ways that I'm starting to like differentiate it or like set boundaries, I guess, if you will, is thinking about how not only is it protecting my sanity, you know, cause we all, we all only have so much of a bandwidth, um, but also like being respectful to your paying clients. It's like, I have people who are paying me for this. So I'm not going to just be like giving the level of what I give to them for free to someone who jumps into my DMs. Cause that's not fair to them. It's not fair to me. It's not fair to them. Um, so I think that it's finding like a good balance and being okay with telling people like, Hey, if you want to book a consultation for that, I'm super down. This is like, I, I definitely am down to, jump on a call and just like kind of meet people and be like, oh, like this is um, what I do or these are some places I can point you to. Like I I'm a big fan of being like, this is a really helpful article, like go here and check this out. But if you're gonna try and like ask me every step of the way, then that's, that's something you need to pay for. Um, so I think that, I think that's, that's the piece where I just, I have to remind myself because I, I'm someone who I'm like, I don't want to be rude. Like, I don't want to be like me and like, I want, and I want to help you, but I also want to respect the people who are paying for this and also make sure I'm not burning myself out. So I, I try to stick to 
these are some helpful resources like or check out this person because of what you're asking me and then um if you want to do more than that then like let's talk about a consultation or I'll, or I'll literally say like out of respect for my paying clients I can't do all of this but I can point you here and that kind of language has been helpful I like that I like I like that a lot because I'm starting to do on my website I'm going to start a consultation I'm about to be I guess like your consultation I'll talk to everybody I, I mean I'm, I'm an extrovert I'll talk to yeah everybody. and sometimes like I remember one day I'm at my parents house mm-hmm. and my mom is like listening to me going like rattling off stuff and she's like she don't listen to my podcast. Zero. Mm-hmm. And she comes, after I get a phone call, she's like, you just explained the whole thing. You just explained to me about podcasting. <laughs> I wasn't even on the phone call. And you broke everything down. It's like, you need to get paid for that because there's no way the information you gave them mm-hmm. is out of, this, out of this world. And I never, you know, again, you know, I'm at that weird part where like, I want to help people out because I know what I went through. Right. And it's hard because you're like, well, you know, I want to, but I can't. But now I'm like, now I'm one of my friends like, no, I can't do it right now. I, I, I'll i talk to anybody. And if you want to talk, like, like I'm on a panel tonight, we'll talk. But yeah, yeah I'm not going to talk anything in depth. Right. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be the basic, this is what's going on. This is how it's going to be. Like I'm on another panel coming up in a couple months. Again, I teach a class on how to do podcasting. Yeah. $80. If I, I started from, from ground zero. Yeah where you start if you want to get any more depth that's 120 dollars where i can give you i'll go shopping with you and break down everything you need but mm-hmm. 80 dollars will give you a through z of everything you need what you should get what kind of mic you get and everything and then editing that's a whole different story again but people and i think i'm like now i'm starting to like if you want to learn invest in yourself like you said invest in yeah yourself. yeah i will go through a whole project so what trials and tribulations have you gone through as a podcaster, as running as running this network? Because there's always something that happened and you're like, damn. Like, for me, I got ripped off for editing. I paid uh, $500 because I didn't know how to edit. Wait, how much? Five, over $500. Because I was oh, going wow. yeah, to charge, like, it was like $30 an episode. And I had, like, he was doing it for, like, three or four months. And it was just sloppy. Oh, so but, he wasn't giving you good editing. No, what he he was a music he was a music guy too, but I wasn't his priority. Oh yeah. And I'll be like, I I would always release on Monday, and he would hit me up like at twelve o'clock on or like eleven o'clock on Sunday night. Hey, um, this didn't sound too good. Like really, like you're hitting me at this time, and I'm dropping at seven o'clock Monday. Uh, yeah. And so I, I learned a lesson, but it was a st- tough lesson, but. That was my trial and tribulation. What about you? What about yeah. you? Oh, well, you know, there's always, there's always a good amount, <laughs> but I, I mean, I would have to say at least on the editing end or like the actual podcast creation end. Oh my God, my computer just dying on me and me not having backups. Like I have, like every time someone asks me that, I'm like, you all need to prep for that happening like because I had it happen multiple times like I had like spent like six hours editing an episode and then my computer crashed and audition didn't save it and I was like like silent scream you can't hear it now because you're listening but I just like was like oh my god um but I because I and like that I would like have like full like breakdowns like because it's it's never just what happens there's also the emotional piece to it as well so like it had happened like 
three times, like significant times after I had spent almost like the, while I was still figuring out how to edit. So it was taking me longer than it would now, you know, and I didn't have an external hard drive at that point. My computer is kind of old, so the storage space isn't great. I also didn't know with Audition, you have to have a certain amount of storage space on your computer, which they don't tell you before you buy it. So I'm like, hello, everyone needs to know this. Um, Cause I love Audition, but that's a piece that's really important if you're new to this. Um, but you know, there's the emotional piece of like, well, this keeps happening. Am I even supposed to do this? Like maybe it's a sign from the world that I shouldn't be doing this. So I would have like a lot of like crying moments and my boyfriend would come console me <laughs> and, you know, encourage me to keep going. And I did and figured out a system that works. But I think, I think that's so important and like figuring out where to keep extra um, copies and just, you know, protecting your sanity throughout the technical parts of it. That's been probably the biggest challenge in terms of creating the podcast. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else glaring, but that one clearly traumatized me. So I'm always, so it's always the first thing I think about. It's all good. It's all good. So <laughs> you being a boss, you being a boss. Yeah. What would you tell other women that want to start a podcast? What would you tell them? What was what, like, just like a general overall advice would you give a female who's ready to start a podcast? Woman, like, hey, what would you say? Ooh, okay. I definitely, um, I have a couple of things that I love saying for for this piece. Don't, um, don't, don't could, do the money piece. You guys got to get it, you got to give them general. You can't, because they got to come to you after that for that. <laughs> yeah. No, I would just say, I guess I would say two main things. So first main thing is if you want to start a podcast, you got to be really clear on the why. Why are you doing this? What is going to keep you in it long term? Because if you're just in it because you think it'll be cool or you think it's going to make you a lot of money one day, that's not going to sustain you. So I want you to be really clear on your why, what your your goal is with it, and if you really love that idea. And then the other piece, and I think it applies to anyone, but specifically women, because um, this is something that I would say universally we struggle with, not every single woman will identify with it, but you know, it doesn't matter whether you have a huge platform or you're just starting out, you have something important to share, you have something important to say, and it will resonate with the people who need to hear it. So don't let any ideas of like, I'm not, you know, important enough, or are people going to like what I have to say, stop you from creating what you want to create and just having fun with it. So nice, nice. All right. So now we got you off the hook. And now it's the fun part because so this is a come to the finale because I know okay. you're a busy person. So we got to get this, get this going. Okay. <laughs> Crab cake or lobster? Ooh, um, no shelf, selfish. Do you sell selfish? No, I don't know if I've ever had lobster. I've had crab, but I don't think I've had lobster. But I feel like I would really like it. But crab cake, if made right, is really delicious. So I might go with crab cake for this one. Jones Beach or Ocean City? Um, ooh. <laughs> I'm like Ocean City. Is that? <laughs> That's that's how what a lot of Marylanders know Ocean City as. I think Ocean City is really fun, but it's not where I would go for like a nice beach day. I would go for like a fun boardwalk situation. So 
I don't know, Jones Beach, I think I've maybe been to once really briefly, but the like actual beach is a lot like smoother. So I, depends on what I want. If I want a nice beach day, I'd probably do Jones Beach. But if I want boardwalk fun, I'd do Ocean City. Gotcha. Favorite things do do outside of podcasting? Oh, outside of podcasting. Um, I feel like this, this answer is so much different, like being in a pandemic. I'm like watching a good TV show so I can relax. Honestly, that's my answer right now. Just relaxing and watching TV. <laughs> Oreos or Oreos, Ravens or Yankees, Giants? I got to go with Orioles because it's just, it's a, you know, kid memories. It's, it's nostalgic. What about Giants or Ravens? Giants or Ravens? Oh, I'm not the biggest sports head, so I'm, you know, I'm gonna go with Ravens. I'm gonna go with Baltimore. Yeah. Drums or flats on the chicken wing? Drums. Okay. Blue cheese or ranch? Neither. Oh, hold on. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Awesome. Well, I can't have dairy and I've never, even when I did have, like, even when I did eat cheese, I never liked either of those. I don't know. I was never into them. Okay. Okay. Hey, you got to pass. You got to pass today. Yeah. What is the best advice you've ever received? Ooh, um, my favorite piece of advice because it's so applicable to different scenarios, but it first came to me as relationship advice and it was when I was having a lot of struggles with men in my, in like the relationship aspect. And I was told what he does has nothing to do with you. And that translates over to, you know, the way someone reacts or responds to you ultimately has more to do with them and what's going on with them than it has to do with you. So that's been very helpful in my life. Yeah. I like that. And where can we find you on all the social medias? Are you are you a TikTok star? Are you a? <laughs> I mean, everybody is TikTok, and I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, oh. I'm on TikTok, and I'm like, I don't understand this. <laughs> I seen you do reels, and I'm like, I wish I could do reels. <laughs> so, social media, can we find? You and we can plug your plug you where we where if somebody needs help or mm-hmm. where can they go and find you? Okay, so. All of my social media, I, I'm on Instagram and Twitter the most, especially Instagram. Um, and I am on TikTok. I like started it on Thanksgiving this year and I was very much like, I'm never going to get TikTok. And now it's like entertains me so much, but I'm just, I just try things out on TikTok. So if you follow me there, it's not like my main area, but you'll get some interesting videos for me. Um, and then I am on Facebook, but again, Instagram and Twitter is best. Podgerland, P-O-D.D-R-A-L-A-N-D, or on Twitter, there's no period, but there's two Ds. And then if you're looking into wanting to book a consultation, you can go to podgerland.com and go to the work with me section and you can book a consultation that way. There's a nice little form all ready for you. Damn, she, she has told you, she buddy, I told you, she, I, 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 respect, <laughs> I respect what she's doing out here. Now, are you in Clubhouse also? Cause I, cause I, I'm, oh, I am on Clubhouse, yes, and that's also Podgerlander, my full name. So I'm different, there. That's a whole different episode because I, I really, that is. I really need to talk to you and another uh, podcast expert because I call I consider you an expert about Clubhouse. Oh. There's a lot of things that people are telling me that they think we're not gonna get into it. That's a whole different episode. <laughs> a whole different episode. But again, yeah. please follow her on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. 
maybe a little bit of TikTok. TikTok, okay. yeah, TikTok. <laughs> so, um, she's on all these new social media. I always follow what she's doing. I always like what she's doing because she's doing so many major things. Um, I watch how she moves and she does things the right way. And that's why I wanted her on the show because she does it the right way. And I think it's another great resource out, for, out here for people if they want to learn how to do podcasting. She's in a great space, you know, helping out other women. You know, I would love to do a show with her, but you know, she, you know, it's, she's busy. She's busy. I think it'd be a cool show. But um, besides that, anything else you want to say with the folks before we head out? Um, I feel like we covered a lot of it. I just, I appreciate you having me on. It was very fun and I'm glad we got to finally do it. Hey, hey it's all good things to those who wait. We really appreciate you coming on the show because we know you're busy. You're in New York, New York minute, you know. <laughs> so folks, Love, peace, happiness. We're out. Have a good one.